On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the tomb? There was a violent earthquake and the angel of the Lord came down from the heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of them that they shook and became like dead men. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? When the women looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, a young man dressed in white robes was sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen. He has 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 risen. Just like he said.
thank you again for joining us today on this Resurrection Sunday. He is alive. I'm so thankful for that today. So let's uh, continue to keep our minds on the Lord. I want to thank you, First Church, for your generosity and your giving that makes ministry possible and for our continued ministry here as a church. Um, if you're curious about giving, we, you can go to the front page of our website. There's a tab at the top that says giving. You can click that button and give and it'll take you through the steps. If you'd like to write a check and send it here to the church, you can do that as well. Thank you again for your generosity. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that you, Father, are majestic and holy and right and true. And we can trust you, Lord. Thank you, Father for uh, your word. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And thank you, Father, for the truth that the resurrection power uh, makes in our life. Father, I pray today that you would help each person. Uh, Father, we pray for those who are struggling in our midst. Lord, we lift up to you, Carolyn Martin and the loss of Jim. I pray, Father, that you would minister to her for their entire family, Lord, that you would continue to touch her, touch their whole family, Lord. We also pray, Father, for Carolyn Grable. Lord, you would continue to heal her and be with with Gerald as well, Lord. Father, we pray um, for others in our midst that are struggling. And Father, we pray that you would just minister your Holy Spirit that you promised. Lord, we pray for folks who are in the middle of this battle. Father, we pray for police and firemen and EMTs who are on the front lines of responding to this virus. Lord, we pray for them and we pray for every nurse and doctor. Lord, we pray for every person on medical staffs at hospitals. That We pray, Lord, for your protection over their lives. Lord, we pray against this virus. We pray against the schemes of the evil one. Father, we pray because we know that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we're praying, Lord, for uh, the glory of the Lord to rise among us and that, Lord, we would see a cure and that, Lord, you'd provide a way. I also pray, Lord, for the many people who are sick. Father, we pray for healing over them. And Lord, we pray for every effort that's being made to heal people, that you'd bless it for every medical staff person, anybody who's trying, Lord, help them in every way. Father, we also pray today for our leaders. We pray, Lord, that there would be wisdom. Help us, Lord, as we continue to do our part. Now, Father, we also pray that you would bless this offering. We pray that you would bless both the gift and the giver and that Lord we would continue to see your kingdom grow even in this period I pray Father that your kingdom would grow help us Lord join you in what you're doing and Lord we pray that with hope eternal uh, we pray Lord that you would help us in every way and that Lord we would join you in what you're doing in Jesus name Amen Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree. 
again, thank you for joining us today. Well, I've never had an Easter like this, and I'm old. (laughs) But I want to tell you my joy is great today. Because 40 years ago on Easter, I got baptized. I gave my heart to the Lord on a good Friday. It was in Ona, West Virginia. We were at a youth retreat and I gave my heart to Jesus. You know, that's when the resurrection of Jesus became real for me. And here, 40 years later, I get to proclaim to you the power and the love of God. And I get to say to you, he is alive. He is alive. He is not dead. He is alive. (laughs) You think about it. How is it that the disciples, those farmers, the fishermen, the tax collectors, this group of men, these follow the, the men and women who follow Jesus, whenever they came and they arrested him, they all scattered and they were so afraid and the boldest one amongst them, even, <laughs> even Peter had denied the Lord and they scattered and they were hunkered down and they were afraid. What changed them? It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was that resurrection that he is alive. And I wanna say to you today, the resurrection of Jesus changes everything, everything. No other event has impacted the world as much as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so all those Easter's now later, we've kind of taken them for granted, haven't we? But one thing has not changed, and I get to share it with you, that Jesus is alive, and I get to share with you about his love and his power. Jesus has the power to transform your life, and that's why I've come to preach to you today. So listen to the good news of what God wants to say. Luke 24, we read this account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And and as they were were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, rise. He told you he was going to do it. That's what they were saying. These men were saying to the followers of Jesus. You might say, Johnny, did that really happen? And even if it did happen, is it important for, for, that I get my head around that? Is it important for me? I want to say yes. Yes, in fact, Pastor Paul wrote to the church at Corinth who many people did not believe in the resurrection. And he wrote them about this very point of how important it is 
to our faith and what God was doing through Jesus in establishing an eternal kingdom. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. In verse 12, Pastor Paul says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, which is what we're doing today, I'm preaching that. How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. All this that we're doing, all of this music, all of this, it, it's, it's useless. And so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God for we have testified that God has raised Christ from the dead. We're, we're making ourselves to be liars because we are testifying there is a resurrection and Jesus is the one who has led the way in establishing his kingdom. But, but he goes on, he says, you know, that for we have testified about Christ being raised from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. If you don't believe in the resurrection, period. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep are still lost. And here, verse 19, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. In other words, if, if it's just about like, hey, this is just a better way to live. You know, hey, if you just follow Jesus' teachings, if, if you just believe in what, what uh, Jesus did, he, he showed us, you know, a better way to talk and walk and do all those things. Even if there's no heaven or all that kind of stuff. You know what Paul says to that? If you believe only in that, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people to be most pitied. But here's what I come to you today, verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, and so in Christ, all will be made alive. The message of Jesus' life and death and resurrection is good news. The greatest news when you understand it. And so I want to talk to you about what the resurrection does for us. What the resurrection produces in our lives. The fruits of the resurrection in my life. It's the importance of it. The first thing is this we can be forgiven. We can be free and we can be forgiven by Jesus's death. Jesus was not a helpless victim of fate. Jesus was not a pitiful martyr. It was planned by God that you and I might have our sins forgiven. And so the death of Jesus opened a pathway to heaven and a pathway prepared and, and really paved by his blood. Romans chapter 4, verse 25, we read, He died for our sins and rose again to make us right 
with God, filling us with God's goodness. I mean, isn't sin, isn't blowing it, isn't making bad, carnal mistakes, just in general, going our own way, isn't that kind of what keeps us from God? That's what keeps us from God. And because of the resurrection, every sin you ever committed was paid for on the cross. And so every person, I always have said this, every person who's ever joined this church or every Christian who's ever been baptized, first thing they're doing is they're admitting, I'm a sinner. You come admitting you're a sinner and then repenting of that sin, renouncing sin, and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that belief, God, when you believe in Jesus, God counts faith in Jesus as righteousness. And so we are given a paid in full legal standing with God. That's the first thing the resurrection does. The second thing is this. We don't have to be afraid of dying. We don't have to fear death. Jesus defeated death. So we don't have to fear it. See, Jesus appeared. He, he was resurrected. Acts 1.3, we read, he presented himself alive to them after suffering by many proofs. In other words, he showed himself to the disciples, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. He was raised from the dead. He was alive. He appeared to them. And so I want to encourage you today, because of his overcoming death in uncertain times like these, the world kind of comes to a halt and they're full of fear and they're full of anxiety. And you may feel that way today. That's sort of typical these days. And it's reasonable to be anxious. It might seem like for many when that cascades that the story kind of comes to an end. But I want you to know the truth today. The Bible tells us that we often suffer, but we are never crushed because of the resurrection. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. When we are knocked down, we get back up again because we know that God raised the Lord Jesus back to life. He overcame even death. And just as God raised Jesus, he will also raise us to life. Then he will bring us into the presence together. You can't lose. And that's what I want you to know. We don't have to be afraid of dying. In the middle of a pandemic around the world, we don't have to fear even death because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was raised from the grave, he overcame death. He overcame sin and the grave. And so we have, we live with great hope no matter what's going on in this world. One day we will meet Jesus in heaven. And I want you to know that we live in times where there is great loss. But I want you to know, if you look ahead, 
There's going to be a day in heaven where there's no more pain. There's no more sickness. There's no more sorrow. There's no more sadness. There's not going to be any more stress or grief at the end. Here's what we look forward to in Revelation. Here's what's going to happen because of the resurrection. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. I heard a pastor many years ago say this, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. This is not the end of the story. Jesus has overcome the grave. Here's another, uh, uh, another truth. Um, and I, and I, I want to remind you of this today. We can receive the Holy Spirit because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We get to have God's Spirit inside of us. Now we know, we've talked about this. Faith comes by hearing. In other words, when I hear the word of God and I believe in it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then you come to Christ and then Christ forgives your sins. And when you follow him, Christ promised in John 14, you can take the time to look at that, John 14, that he would would send the Holy Spirit to us to teach us and to guide us and to lead us and to convict us and to empower us. My pastor, Bob Yauberg, reminded me a few weeks ago He said to me, Johnny, many people in the church think that the Holy Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And the truth is, I want to remind you this morning that the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive and he sent his spirit. In fact, Acts 1.8, we read this. He tells his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the rest of the world, every corner of the earth. Listen to Romans chapter eight, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised in John 14, he promised that when you give your life to Christ, his spirit lives in you and he empowers you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. That's what the resurrection made possible was that the Holy Spirit lives in you. Here's another thing that the resurrection does for us. We are loved by God. It shows us, the the, the resurrection shows us of what God was doing in Jesus. And when he raised Jesus from the dead, he was showing God loves us unconditionally. Think about what is the worst thing in your life? What is the worst thing right now in your life? I want to say boldly and with clarity, the answer is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is reconciling and making all things right, no matter what it is in your life. 
Whatever it is in your life, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the answer. He brings new life and he shows us who he is. Maybe that seems foreign to you. Maybe it is today that the idea, you guys say, Johnny Mac, nobody loves like that. Nobody really loves unconditionally. People always want something from you. That's all I know. Even your parents, even my parents were like that. Johnny, when I did good, they liked me. When they didn't, I want you to know no one loves like God loves. God loves you right here, right now. The God who created you loves you. He loves you. I base that not on my own emotions. I base that on the word of God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that's you, he created you, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And then we read on in verse 17. Listen, because this is central to the nature of who God is. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's what God was doing when he sent his son, was to show us the way. And I want you to know if that's a new message for you. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that through him he would be saved. So many of you have this view of God. Somehow he's like the sheriff who's going to catch you. I want you to know God's intention was to save you so that you would have a relationship with him. And I want you to know some of you have been believers for years. You will never graduate from that pure gospel truth. Even if you've been saved for 40 years like me, never. You will never graduate to another truth. God loves you and he want, you were created by God and for God. John 13, remember what Jesus said. He said, a new command I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you wanna be known as a follower of Jesus, if you wanna be known as a person who loves God and who follows God, one identifying trait, love. Love. God loves you. And then he had to tell us, we gotta love each other too. And here's, here's another truth. Here's the, another thing that I, I want you to know that the resurrection does because God loves you. That, that's one of the pure messages of the resurrection but here's another thing. We have a purpose for living because of the resurrection. We have a purpose. God has a greater purpose for our lives. You don't have to settle. You don't have to say, well, I was just raised in that family. No, God has a greater purpose because of his love for you. He has a greater purpose for your life. One thing, uh, 
So many people live for responsibility. And that, you know what? That's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to be a responsible person, to take responsibility for your life, to be a good citizen. It's one thing to, be a, to have responsibility, but it's another thing to have a purpose. You can be fulfilling all your responsibilities by doing the right things, but I want you to know it's even a higher calling to have a purpose. You know, all those years ago when I was baptized, so many people think, oh, well, Johnny joined a club. That's what happened. I want you to, no, 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 no. God gave me a new purpose for living. I want you to know I've blown it so many times. I've, I've walked away. I've made mistakes. I've done so many things that I regret and have had to ask for forgiveness. But I want you to say, I want you to know God has given me a greater purpose. And it's the same thing. Because of the resurrection, we have a purpose for living. The same Christ, the resurrection, that same power lives in you and that you have a higher calling. What are you doing with your life that has eternal consequences rather than just all this temporal stuff? Mark 8 gives us the formula when Jesus said, for whoever would save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for Jesus' sake and the gospels will save their life. Second Corinthians chapter four, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but as the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And that, well, that is what God is showing me these days. That we have fallen in love with the stuff of earth. We have fallen in love with everything. We have fallen in love with the creation and we have really denied the creator. I want to encourage you today from the book of Hebrews where we read, keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my supper. The Lord is my helper. I am not afraid. What can man do to me? Here's the last truth and what the resurrection does. And that is we can go to heaven. We can be certain of a future in heaven. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1. We have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading. Kept in heaven for you. That's good news. That we have the hope of heaven. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can go to heaven. 1 Corinthians 2.9 But as it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for you who love Jesus. All, that, all of us, including you, all of us were created for eternity and I want you to go the way of Jesus. You may say, Johnny, I don't really know that way. Jesus said in John 14, verse six, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but by me. 
Jesus said, you want to know the way? You know what the best way to live the way you were created? I am that way. You want to know the truth where truth seems to be something that it is not even uh, relevant in our culture. People don't even talk like that. You want to know what truth is? Jesus said, I'm the truth. You want to know what real life is? It's not in stuff. You want to know what life is? Jesus says, I'm the life. I want to encourage you today. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the resurrection, you will be saved. Have you done that? I want to talk to you right here in these closing moments. I want us to pray together. There are some of you that have given your life to Christ and you need to recommit to that. You've slipped away and you've forgotten all of this. You've forgotten that, yes, the resurrection, it, it, it frees me from my sin. It, 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 it frees me from the fear of death, that, that I have the Holy Spirit residing in me, that God does love me and that there's a higher purpose for my life. And, and I wasn't just created just to live, but also eternally, I'm going to go to heaven. If you, I want to encourage you to draw a line today in the sand. And I'd like to pray with you. If, if you've kind of gotten away from that, I want to pray that we would recommit our lives to Christ today. Maybe it is that you've strayed away. I want us just to make this a holy moment right now that we would pray together. And I want us to pray this together and have this moment with God. And as well, if you've never committed your life to Christ, pray this prayer and God will come close. Just bow your head right there and let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word is true. Lord, I know that I need you today. Lord, come into my life. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I've strayed away. I'm coming home today. Thank you for sending Jesus. And thank you for the power of the resurrection that takes away sin and death. Thank you for the free gift of eternal life. And I thank you today for the good news that I can build my life on. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, if you're wanting a new start today by recommitting your life, or maybe it is when you prayed that prayer, it's the first time you've ever prayed that, I want to encourage you uh, to text the words new start to 260-244-5959. And when you do that, we want to follow up and encourage you and pray for you. I would always encourage you as well to go to the front page of our website. And if there's a way that we can pray for you, you're struggling right now. We would love to pray for you as well. I want us to end today focusing our attention 
on the beauty of what God has done in this Easter. So let's kind of seal this moment prayerfully and worshipfully as our worship team, they close us out today. Ha!
we can be thankful for the victory we have in Jesus and because of the resurrection. So as we leave today, I want to leave you with this benediction from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. To the risen King, to the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, to be, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.